hot. Hello. Welcome yeah. back to the Bees Knees podcast. I know it's been a while, but uh, your boys are back, and we uh, they actually have a special guest for us. Wait, first of all, shout out to Trey. He was not able to join us tonight, but we have filled his seat with a special guest. Uh, Eric, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit? Uh, yes. Hi, uh, I'm I'm Eric. I run a film breakdown account on Twitter where I basically pull clips from Grizzlies games and go more in detail about it, trying to really just help inform people on what the Grizzlies are doing. And I also have another account that I just use to just tweet my normal stuff uh, at Eric Tweets NBA. Okay, that's what's up, man. Well, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we thought it might be appropriate to have you on since uh, – your t- the team that you you tweet about and uh, you know two of us are Heat fans so you know we just completed a pretty big trade with you guys um, first let's go ahead and introduce ourselves I guess for those of us who who might be new to the show I'm Marcus Williams I live in Columbia Missouri and I am a Miami Heat fan you can follow me at Sir Rant and Rave at, on Twitter and on Instagram. Hi, I'm Dan Pierce. I am living in St. Louis, Missouri, but I am a Chicago Bulls fan because I'm a Chicagoan and whatnot. Uh, I'm not necessarily enjoying uh, All-Star Weekend, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, So, yeah, I'm really excited to be here. I'm Brian Hubbard. I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, I'm a Miami Heat fan as well. You can follow me at at B underscore hub 21.com. Or that's it. No, there's no dot com on that. <laughs> um, and I am enjoying All Star Weekend, despite Duncan Robinson messing up the sweep last night. Um, yeah, come on, Dunk. I know they better make him run more practice for that one because I was really looking forward to it. But I did say on I think the last pod that we would win two events, so I was kind of right, even though I didn't know Bam would be in the uh, the skills challenge, and I was predicting it would be Duncan and uh, Derek Jones Jr. But, you know, two out of three. It works. Yeah. Also, while we're talking about that, can we stop with the Aaron Gordon was robbed thing? He right. wasn't robbed. That, he wasn't robbed. They but both were deserving. They were deserving. Now, Dan, Eric, you guys have certainly seen this by now. Mm-hmm. What is your take on it? Eric, I go feel ahead. Like- I feel like Sorry. both sides of the argument are like equally valid. Like Taco Fall is seven foot five, but he also hit him. So like I understand both sides of the argument, um, but I think that deserved more than a forty-seven. Hmm, that's fair. I, I I kind of agree with Eric. Uh, I do think that a lot of things go into the grading of various dunks from various people in the dunk contest. You're more likely to grade higher someone who has had a little bit more experience and has stayed on a level that is respectable. I'm not looking at you, Dwight Howard. That was, (laughs) that that was a shameful performance. Uh, But 49, you know, I I do think he should have been graded higher. That said, I, I, Jones had a great dunk contest. I don't know what to tell you. Here yeah. was my thing. Neither of them, I, I wouldn't have been upset with either of them winning. I would have been disappointed my guy didn't win, but not. I didn't. Wouldn't have said that Gordon was undeserving or anything like that. But 
he got graded really easily on his first couple dunks, number one, I thought, personally. So, there, you know, people wanted to act like, oh, he had three, state, three straight 50s, four straight 50s or whatever. Like, mm, okay. And then the scoring at the end, like, he didn't deserve just a 47 for that. DJJ didn't deserve just a 48 for a windmill from nearly the free throw line. And he looked upset with himself that he didn't make it from the free throw line because he had plenty of distance on that jump. But the judges, like Wade said afterwards, that they were telling the judges they had to pick a winner on that round because they were ready to walk off and call it a tie is what I was understanding he was saying last night. Oh, okay. So they told them they had to pick a winner. So that's that's why I think DJJ only got a 48 for the windmill from the free throw line and also why Aaron Gordon only got a 47 for jumping over a 7'5 guy. Yeah. Um, That's interesting. Like, so if I were Aaron Gordon, I would definitely feel, I would feel gypped about if that if that's true. That yeah. They were like, we have to choose a winner here, oh, just on this round because we're ready to get out of here. I would feel gypped. Um, I yeah, agree that's fair. But like, I just the robbery part is what right, bothered me. Right. I'm like, he didn't get robbed. They were both deserving. Like, right, absolutely. And look, you bring a seven five guy out there. It's only a 50 if you clear him. Right, you right. I clear him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't think right. it's any, like I don't think it's crazy to say he did not fully clear him. And no. look, that's coming from someone who could only barely grab the rim at his best. So you know what I mean? Like I get, it. <laughs> but hey, man, you you're the one who set up the degree of difficulty. So you and know, there was you no other it. additional pieces to it either. Like that was the whole point of it, which. I'm not trying to, you know, minimize jumping over that guy. But, yeah, like, if there's no other pieces to it, you got to clear them. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. But Um, if he chooses somebody shorter, then it's not nearly as impressive, and he gets maybe a 45 on it. Absolutely. Look. (laughs) Absolutely. We can both – we can say they both deserve. And I will say, for my money, I think the best dunk I saw was his – uh, off the side of the backboard one. Yeah. I mean, that one, that was super it was, sick. It was that and then the tornado one from uh, yes. DJJ. I Those were DJ the two that I thought we had. Yeah. I would agree that Gordon's was probably, yeah, that one was incredible. Like, yeah. it was fun. Like, that's why I was just, like, kind of annoyed about the talk like that. I was like, we just witnessed one of the better dunk contests we've seen in a long time, and everybody just wants to argue about somebody getting robbed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, and I think it's a lot of leftover feelings, though, from the previous uh, contest that Aaron Gordon was in with Zach Levine. Oh, Which, see, I was going to try not to bring up Zach Levine. See, hey, okay. hey, 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 we're here. I'm, I'm just saying, Aaron, there that does bring up a lot of mixed feelings regarding those contests. Sure. I, I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah, I think he had the best single dunk in that contest too. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I mean, you're right, Dan, and like, you know, it, it sucks for him to come so close twice, but hey, man, those are the breaks. He's uh, thrown in the towel so far. Like, he did a press conference afterwards being like, I'm done. I'm never doing this again. <laughs> okay. Mean, One of your two things you're known for is going away then, that and being in trade rumors right now. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> like, yeah. you're kind of penalizing yourself there. Yeah, I was going to say, you are one of four power forwards on the Orlando Magic. Let's take it down a notch. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, in his in his defense, what does he what does he have left to do? Like, yeah, no, he has like nothing left to prove. 
like it's not like winning this thing <clears throat> is going to catapult him to stardom. Like that ship, at least in Orlando, has sailed. And also, he didn't deserve to win because he wore that ugly Orlando jersey. So and he brought those TikTok girls out, which I still don't understand at all. Oh but that God. that one that one got a fifty. I was like, "What? What is the TikTok? That's a negative points to me. I don't even understand why they were there." Yeah, I might be too much of a boomer to appreciate. Right, those. right. right. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm too Eric, old. Eric, to are you young TikTok enough is. to understand that? I nope. mean, I'm 19. I use TikTok, but not that kind of area of TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> you have a whole nother area, a whole nother lane on TikTok that's yours. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, um, well, so. We are talking about this, so while we're at it, let's just just quick all star stuff. Um, we're we're not going to go into who got snubbed and who didn't, but are we watching the game tonight, fellas? Um, I yeah, know it I starts here it. pretty soon. I got it on. I'll be watching. Hey. Now, Eric, are you are you a Grizzlies fan? Yes, I mean I've grown up in Memphis my entire life. I really. When they beat the Spurs in 2011, I just completely hopped on the ship and I haven't hopped <laughs> off. <laughs> nice. When you were a ripe, what, 10 years old? Yeah, I was 10. <laughs> wow, man. Wow. I'm not going to say how old I was then. But <laughs> uh, I already was the old one on here, and now I feel even older. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Do you miss the grit and grind era, or are you like more into what they're going, where they're headed now? Man, I mean, the grit and grind era is like symbolic of the city of Memphis. And, you know, I fell in love with the game watching like Mike Conley, Zach Randolph going at it. But this brand of Grizzlies right now that they have is fun to watch. Like I barely miss a game no matter what's going on. It's very fun to be around. Yeah, man. I completely agree. Go ahead, Dan. Take your victory lap. (laughs) Hey, 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 hey. Okay. So, Eric. Before the season even started, it was off season. It was, you know, during summer league stuff. I I told them, I was like, the Grizzlies are going to be a really fun team. Brandon Clark and John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. It's going to be so much fun. Like, why would you want to be a part of this? You guys got to check this out. And now... They're playoff hungry. They're playing over their heads, and it's fantastic to watch. And I I really enjoy them as a team. But did you predict that they would be this good? I predicted no. they would be this fun. I never said yeah. good. I, I knew they make... would be. You go ahead. I was just going to say, I did make the misfortune last year uh, when they <laughs> signed Joakim Noah that they would be resting Marcus all for the playoffs only to have them <laughs> trade Marcus all that, that was a misprediction on my part. Yeah. That said, joke been a fun Noah, running joke for a while on here. Yeah. yeah I was going to say, uh, that said, Joakim Noah was a good veteran presence for the, those months. From what I'm understanding, you Absolutely. could uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Absolutely. You're right. Dan loves a good veteran presence. Absolutely. <laughs> I, Hey, you know what? Uh, Chris Vernon on his show was talking about how much he's going to miss Solomon Hill and uh, Jay Crowder. Solomon Hill. Solomon Hill? (laughs) Solomon Hill did nothing positive for the Grizzlies. He messed up so many highlights. (laughs) That was one of the questions I I had for you was just like, what can we expect from him? Because his three-point shooting percentage looked pretty decent. Like he's shooting 38% on the year. But I didn't know anything else about him at all. 
Does he when I watched him shoot, it did not seem like 38%. I had a, yeah. just about zero confidence <laughs> every time he put up a shot. I was going to say, because I think he started in Indiana, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, just kind of out of nowhere, they were like, oh, this Solomon Hill guy is kind of a good player. He could shoot a little bit. And, I mean, he signed a pretty decent, a pretty good contract with New Orleans oh, after that. Yeah. yeah. And and then suddenly um, the world reminded us that he that there was a reason that nobody knew who Solomon Hill was. And he just got – I mean, I didn't even realize he played for Memphis until after the trade. Did he play He for- was in Memphis basically because he was not Chandler Parsons. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Chandler Parsons. We've we've had a joke or two about him on here too. Man, I loved the Chandler Parsons signing too. I was so excited about it, and then it just really yes, I was so excited about it. Now, how many games would you say you saw Chandler Parsons play? Because I can't even say for sure I ever saw him play in Memphis, and I know they signed him. I mean, I think he played maybe around sixty. No, not more than sixty. Maybe eighty games. I probably watched most of those. He was there for three years? Yeah. Okay. Man. Uh, sure, if, if you say so, man. <laughs> <laughs> His agent it's, is definitely in the Finesse Hall of Fame. Though. Oh, for sure. For uh, sure. That's what makes this rebuild even crazier is they, they whiffed that bad on like one of their biggest free agent signings they've had, and they still have rebuilt this thing this quick. Like That's mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah. Now, you said, Eric, that you were expecting them to be this good this year. No, I did. So I asked if any of y'all expected oh, them to be okay. this good. I had them at 28 wins for the season, and now they're sitting at 28 wins at the All-Star break. I was concerned about right their lack there, right? of shooting, um, not giving John Morant the space to drive in, and I expected him to s- struggle to score out of the gates, and I was wrong about that. He's been spectacular. <laughs> He's yes. really got, um, like, I he, think it's just his mission to just destroy guys when he starts yeah. driving. It's it's crazy. It's he's so got the fun best miss dunk reel in the entire NBA. <laughs> yeah, <It's not> seriously. <laughs> like he does yeah. kind of like there's a bit of that young weight in him where it's like I'm going to the basket right now. Stop me if you can. And the way he crashes into Man. the back, back of the basket afterwards, like yeah. Wade hit the ground so much when he was young. Yeah, the the crashing part yeah. worries me because then I start having like these Derrick Rose flashbacks, and I'm like, uh, oh, this could go two ways. Yeah, and, well, and, and I mean, and Morant isn't built the way Wade was. Like he's like uh, he's like he's a little ganglier, you know. What I mean, but he's not like as solid, you know, right, muscle wise. Not right. yet. That's um, why so I'm yeah. having the Rose flashbacks. that's fair but yeah i mean i agree man he i think we all thought he was going to be good but he's been way better way better than anybody could have expected yeah for sure i think taylor jenkins deserves a lot of the credit for it like when i go back and i do the film i mean he's done a fantastic job putting john morant in spots where he can attack the rim in space and with a head of steam for sure and he uh man when i saw their game against when they were playing miami one I think it was the first game of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we had the opener. Yeah, yeah. And so they were like, the coach of the Grizzlies is Taylor Jenkins. And I was like, what is a Taylor Jenkins? <laughs> yeah. Why is this guy that I I feel like I went to school with a Taylor Jenkins? And it, wasn't, <laughs> you know, it wasn't that guy. But it was like, I didn't even know he was their coach. I'd never heard of him. 
But yeah, I mean, the fact that he's turned them around so quickly is like, it's amazing to me, really. Shout to the Grizz. I think Where was he at before them? He was uh, an assistant with Milwaukee. I had never heard of him uh, until the day he got hired. And so I was like, <laughs> people were like asking my, me my opinions. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I've never heard of this man. So, zero idea. <laughs> I think he should be up there in Coach of the Year talks, though. I think Nick Nurse has it. But Taylor Jenkins should be in the conversation, I think. Oh, absolutely. Especially if they make the playoffs. I mean, yeah. he has to at least be in the conversation. Um it's funny you should say you think Nick Nurse is leading it right now. Yes, with all the injuries that the Raptors have had yeah. and still going out like this. Yeah, true. I like Man, I had I had Spo during much of the first half of the season, not being a homer, but like Spo's up there too. Spo's yeah, probably top. He's up there top five or so, I'd say. But yeah, Nick Nurse has got to have it as of right now, just the way the Raptors are looking without Kawhi, with all those injuries, like. The other ones that just came to mind was like Rick Carlisle with Dallas. And, you know, sure. he's always up there in one of those top coaches discussions, too. So, like, that's not a big surprise, but he's doing really well. Um, I don't think any of us expected him to be that high in the Western standings this year. Like, Dan and I both, I think we said that they would be fringe playoff team, but not like this good, this quick. Mm-hmm. I tweeted before the season that I thought they could be a four seed. Oh, well. I'm I think just- <laughs> I remember you saying that. Yeah. And I- See, Dan, here's the thing. <laughs> There's always such a variance because you said the thing about the the Grizzlies resting Gasol for the playoffs, and that's going to be a joke with us forever. But then you said the thing about them being fun, and then you, you nailed that right on the head. We never really know where it's going to be. There's no gray <laughs> area with you. And so that's why we're always like, Dan, what are you talking about, man? And then, then you end up being right on some yeah. of them. Like, what? So we have so- to have our apology tour like last pod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it it does happen, but I every once in a while I'll uh, I'll whiff, which is fine. Every once in a while. Every, yeah, I, I was like, I would, do I want to laugh at this or no? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, um, now, Eric, we wanted to ask you about the trade that the Grizzlies and the Heat made specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you go ahead and give us your take on that right uh, right now? Um. I really love the addition of Justice Winslow. When he comes back and if he's healthy and producing for the Grizzlies, he he'll fit in perfectly as like more like a, in a Kyle Anderson kind of role, but more Ooh, of a threat to score. Kyle. Ooh, Kyle as like Anderson. A, a tall ball handler who can you know run the offense and have Ja kind of rest a little bit, you know, over in the corner doing whatever initiating the offense, seeing passing angles that like even Ja can't see while still being a threat to score, opening up passing lanes for him. Yeah, yeah. great mm-hmm. passes. Um, and he's a better shooter than people give him credit for because he had he really struggled when he came into the league, but he's improved. Like, he last was 38% year, he was, last year, right? Right, on like four a game, I want to say at least. Um, yeah. So like he's really developed that part of his game. And we were – like Heat, uh, Heat fans were just really excited, you know, after last year when they – finally put him in at point guard to start we're you know people have been pushing for that for several years saying like that's the right role for him he's the he's the ball handler he's the distributor like that guy mm-hmm. runs the offense really well um so we were real excited after that stretch he had last year when he finally got to play point was you know he had, he played great and then he got hurt again um so it's it's just been like starts and stops for him with us but man like he is he is fun he's talented like he's gonna fit into that team really well I think so too. Yeah, and you have a guy who can defend four positions right, right away. Right. Even 
five on some days. I mean, when the Rockets come to town, he'll yeah. be he'll they can be guard PJ Tucker. <laughs> he, started at, he started at center his rookie season in game seven of the right. second round of the playoffs. Like, wow. Yeah. He was a rookie. What, what, he was like 19, 20 years old, something like that. Like, he was really young. Yeah, he's been a, started him at center when Hassan got hurt. Yeah, he's he's been he's been NBA body ready since he was probably seventeen. So right. yeah, <laughs> I mean, he I mean it's I like the trade for the for Memphis because you got a guy who yes he's been hurt but you know he's good like you know he's good now. There's no question about whether or not Justice Winslow can contribute in an NBA rotation for a high level team. Like, you know right. that he can do that. Now, I will say my big question for them is, are they going to be able to comfortably have him and John Morant touch the ball enough? Because like, and Dylan Brooks. Brooks. And Brooks. But, I mean, does so I don't know how much Brooks is initiating offense there. Is he doing a lot of that? He's not initiating offense a lot. But when he gets the ball, a lot of times he can be a bit of a black hole. Okay. So, he, he, he gets his touches for sure. <laughs> yeah. And Dylan Brooks, man, that dude ain't afraid. He ain't afraid of anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, I should say all of the Memphis. Justice Winslow's not afraid of anybody. Oh, John man. not afraid of anybody. That's what I love about that team is that like, if they got the eight seed, like, they would be underdogs, but you couldn't tell them that. They right. That's a, that'll be a very fun five-game series with the Lakers. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, like – LeBron and AD are averaging 75 between them in that series, but <laughs> yeah. man, it's going to be a tough 75. I mean, the Grizzlies and the Lakers already had a very fun matchup in Memphis. I think the, the Lakers won by yeah. one, but the Grizzlies had the lead for a lot of that game, and that was yeah. one of like the first like John Morant like, blossoming moments. Yeah, I remember guys, that. Guys, just picture it. John Morant dunking over Alex Caruso. <laughs> Why are you gonna pick on Caruso? <laughs> <laughs> because everyone else does. It's fine. Uh, okay, I was like, we could have gone Dwight there. Well, um, I mean, we could. Yeah, well, he, sure. he would. But I mean, Dwight. but that 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 yeah, attitude that Justice has showed before, and that like it's gonna fit in so well in Memphis. Like that series against Philly a couple years ago is when a lot of us really like saw that happen. When him and Ben Simmons were going at it, and Justice did not back down at all. Started talking all kinds of trash. I think he yeah. took a, a a charge or two from him, and man, like it was so much fun. Like there is zero percent scared in him. Yeah. Um, now, now, Eric, I, I do want to ask you about this trade in regards to the pulse of Memphis and how it relates to Andre Iguodala. What was it kind of gauging the sense of how the community, the city, the team, as it were, were feeling? you know, during the summer and then during the course of the season kind of thing. So I think that people mainly like overreacted to the fact that Andre Iguodala didn't want to play for the Grizzlies until he went on ESPN acting like he was basically a free agent. Um, So the city of Memphis hated Andre Iguodala. And then you bring in guys like Justice Winslow on social media has completely embraced Memphis and the fans love him for it. It's so new because, like, he was not active at all while he was he here. He was not. He was not. And that I, I just think... started around New Year's, and I think that's kind of when they came to an agreement. Like, look, we're we're butting heads, management and justice. Let's just try to find the right position place for you. Mm-hmm. But like, that's when Justice started becoming like super active tweeter all of a sudden. Yeah. 
it's just been a complete flip-flop in terms of like you know the fans like hate, yeah. going from completely hating one player andre iguodala maybe behind only chandler chandler parsons for the most hated grizzly <laughs> of all time <laughs> even ahead of hashim to be Ooh, um i was not around like on twitter i was very oh, young man. when the beat was drafted Ugh. so i didn't I... really get a gauge of the city with him okay Ugh. that was just... one of those things that even as they drafted we were like there's no way that pick's gonna work out no there's just one no thought way. that was gonna work yeah yeah and like that was a guy that had beat mizzou in the tournament that year but it really honestly was kemba walker that beat us in that series as a freshman uh-huh. off the bench or not series that tournament Yep. But, oh yeah, just in the moment, everybody's like to beat, huh? Like Mike, who's been on here before, is a Grizzlies fan, and he just—he's like, I know we're gonna pick him. We should not do it. I don't understand, but I know it's what's gonna happen, and they did. <laughs> yeah, they did. That was rough, man. So um, we've had a couple games of Jay Crowder now for Miami. I don't think Solomon Hill's gotten into a game yet, but Crowder's been pretty good for us so far like he's played pretty heavy minutes like i know we had a short rotation because myers leonard and tyler hero got hurt but uh jay was he was shooting well um he he's been playing great defense diving for loose balls and stuff like has he been doing this all year in memphis is this what you were seeing when you were looking at the film and whatnot because some of the miami guys seemed a little questionable about his shooting and his defensive effort i guess well his defensive effort has been there pretty much all season um, and Memphis, for the most part, he hit that game winner against Brooklyn. Um, and a lot of Memphis like, <laughs> latched onto him, like really loved him. But I mean, he he shot too much with us, in my opinion. I mean, he was taking like yeah. when I was doing I did some research on him and he was doing. I mean, he was shooting 29 percent from three, taking the third most attempts like in Grizzlies history oh. at 29 percent. But the defense did Uh, respect him (laughs) enough to guard him in the corners and give John Morant space to work. And so with Kyle Anderson in the starting lineup now, it's it's the spacing isn't quite there like it was with Jay Crowder. So that was something that he was valuable for. But I think he shot way too much. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) that's that's interesting that they were respecting him, even though he was shooting under 30 percent. We're also talking about the difference between Jay Crowder and Kyle Anderson. Kyle Anderson yeah. only shoots when he's wide open and still, right. I don't know his percentage, but it's probably sub 30%. Yeah. And I mean, That's I remember true. Jay Crowder, at least in his, those years he spent in Boston where he was like a really good rotational guy there. He shot yeah. fairly well then. And I mean, even someone he was with Dallas before that. Um, and so I think the rep on him has always been that, yes, very capable shooter, and unfortunately, just the last few years in Utah and Cleveland and um, in Memphis, you know, the percentages went yeah, down. I forget everywhere he's played. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think he's in Cleveland. He's been on he's been on a really affordable contract for like ten years now. So yeah. Yeah. you know, he's been traded a lot because his contract is so team friendly. Um, but right. yeah, he's the few games I've seen him in Miami, he's looked like. I mean, he's looked like early career mellow on on offense. Like he's played really well. I've not been expecting what we got from him in those couple I games. I mean, he's taking heat check step back threes. Yes. yes. You know, like 
he used to be just a spot up guy. He's right. he's taking step back threes now. Whenever he and would I'm, hit a step back three in Memphis, it would just be the most shocking thing I had ever seen. <laughs> right, right. And he does. And I'm seem, sure he does seem to have that like heat mentality. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm sure in March when you know he goes on a, a cold spell, we're just going to be pulling our hair out like stop shooting the ball, right. man. But right now we're enjoying the ride. It's been fun. Yes. I mean. It's, <laughs> He'll, he'll play like it back a, down to his averages soon. Right, right. You know, right now he's doing a he's doing a nice little Danilo Gallinari facsimile. We'll take it. <laughs> but I like also I don't think he's been he played like thirty plus minutes in both both of those games. Once some of these other guys that have been hurt come back, he's not going to be having that kind of volume of minutes. So right, I don't right. know if it'll be too many shots that would kill us. Like um, it seems like on some teams he's kind of been thrown into that. Right, you're a wing defender, so you're gonna have to play 30 plus minutes a night. Yeah, and he's not gonna have to do that for us when everybody's mm-hmm. healthy. Yeah, he had to do that in Cleveland for sure. Yeah, huh. well, <laughs> Cleveland, uh, right? <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, um, so obviously, as a Grizz fan, that one trade like resonated with you specifically. Um, but are, were there any other moves that you noticed around the league and just kind of thought, hmm? That's interesting. So I really liked the Andrew Wiggins trade for both sides. Wow. Really? Wow. Yes. Wow. Yes. Come on. Come on with it. Come on with it. <laughs> I don't – I think Andrew Wiggins, once the Warriors are healthy, is going to have a lot of space to work. And I think with kind of a lesser role, less expectations with him – Yes. then he might be able to find that rhythm that he's been kind of lacking in Minnesota. Plus the shots that he'll be getting are going to be better shots. And yeah. D'Angelo Russell is that point guard that the Wolves have been looking for for, God, their entire like existence as a team. Yeah. They've been like borderline stalking him for the last year, it seems. Like, in <laughs> exactly. rumors, like It's been bordering on creepy how much they've wanted to get D'Angelo Russell onto the Wolves. Right. Yeah. Well, and I, I think if you're the Wolves front office, like, you know that you can't blow this time with Cat. And you know Russell and Cat are good friends. So you have to, yeah, you have to do everything in your power to get them there. Right. Now, basketball-wise, I am still not sure that move is going to help them as much as they want. But I get it. Like, objectively, you know, through, through squinted eyes, I can look at it as, okay, they brought in an all-star adjacent guy to play with their other all-star. They're friends. Why won't this? Why wouldn't this work? But I don't know, man. I don't know that I've seen enough D'Angelo Russell to know that. To me, I don't know that he's the type of guy that lifts the team around him. Like I think he's a good. Yeah, player. we're really we're really missing Trey on this conversation. He's got the more For sure. D'Angelo For sure. Russell knowledge. I I think. To me, that move is like the move towards the next move. I think there's another big one they got to make. Whether sure. that's like teaming up, like uh, people always speculate because Devin Booker's good friends with Cat and uh, D'Angelo Russell. So there's speculation when he's a free agent, which is still several years in the future. But um, I don't think like they need to make another move and it's got to be like a more defensive guy. Like I don't know if Booker should be the move, even though. No, he you should. Would, you would think the talent would, you know, kind of lift everything, but there's just none of those three are known for their defense. 
Marcus, you brought up an interesting point when you said that uh, D'Angelo Russell may not necessarily be the guy to sort of lift the team in the direction that they need to lift. I might argue that Cat also might not be that guy. I think we've seen enough of him to realize. Oh, absolutely. Like, you I mean, to let's just say it. Jimmy was right. <laughs> Can we just say that? Jimmy I mean, Cat had an MVP start start to the season this year. I I don't know, Eric. Like, what do you see when you watch Cat uh, on film? Um, so I haven't watched a whole lot of Wolves games, uh-huh. um, so I can't speak too much on Cat. But I, I I watched specifically it was the um, the game that Kyrie Irving had fifty against the Wolves. I watched that game twice actually, um, and I remember just being very impressed with like Cat's shooting ability and his like ball handling as a center. But I I'm not educated enough on him to really have a solid opinion about how he plays yeah. and how he fits I in think- with D'Angelo Russell. I think they just need, like, they're going to have to find that coach or system or something that gets those guys to be, like, For sure. competent defenders. Like, they don't have to get them to, you know, like, top, you know, all NBA defensive level or anything. Right. But they need to get those guys to be competent in if a team system. If you can get D'Angelo Russell to be somewhere approaching even where Steph Curry is as a defender then that is a huge win. That's a huge win. Right. Because Steph is, right. Steph is not shoving anybody down, but you can't say Steph is a terrible defender anymore right. either. Right. And if, I, you can get, if you can get Russell to be an average defender, that's a huge win. Right. I, I agree with you guys 100%. I'll say two things about this. Number one, we, we sort of saw Cat and a lot of these Wolves in a system that was very defensive heavy, and that didn't quite work out. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm just gonna say that they they rejected a system that de-emphasized offense and emphasized defense, and while you know maybe some sort of balance would be more preferable, we've already seen th- a lot of these uh, these wolves reject defense as it were. So that's that that's a sticky situation. And number two. I I don't know how long of a leash they'll they'll be giving uh, Ryan Saunders. I suspect sure. it'll be longer than like than necessary to like keep Cat happy, uh, just based on sentimentality reasons. There mm-hmm. is a sentimentality factor involved in Ryan Saunders. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's. It's a little bit detrimental to keeping your franchise player as happy as possible and to keep your team as competitive as possible. Right. If you're just wrapped in the sentiment of it, yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Now, what I will say is I think it's easy for Brian and I, and even Eric to to some degree, because Memphis – found a way to be successful for years and, and found a way to stay there. And I'm sorry, Dan, but it's easy for some of us to be <laughs> like, well, yes, we know we, cause we, we watch teams that have a system that works, a culture that works. Right. And so for a guy like towns, um, who we all know is all, all otherworldly talented, but he's playing at a place where they're used to losing. 
And it's so tough for a team to get out of that culture and find a winning one. And it, it, it might not be, it might just be coach, it might be front office, it might be attitude, it might be fans, it might be all of those things. But at, at some point, yes, Cat is going to have to show us that he can be an impactful defender as well. Um, but I mean, a place like Minnesota, they just don't win there. And they just have it for so long that it's hard for them to find a way to. It's, I imagine it's hard for them to objectively like go out and be like, this is how we can find a way to win, right? It's the same reason the Kings can't cross that threshold. It's the same reason that, you know, New Orleans, maybe not New Orleans, Orlando can't cross that the threshold. The Knicks. The Knicks. Well, the Knicks, the Knicks have bigger the problems Knicks. than crossing a Sorry, threshold. Sorry, Kofi. They, they need to Sorry, figure Kofi. out, like, how to play basketball on planet Earth. But again, that's all a part of it, though, right? You know what I mean? Like, finding a way... Right. To, to to make make the right decisions because you've been mired in the wrong ones for so long, yeah. and, and lose a losing culture will set in, and you just you almost have to stumble into winning. Like you almost have to find it by mistake. You know, a team like Indiana was not planning on being as good as they are right away, and they found it, and now they're they're a good team, and that's fine. But like Orlando is stuck in being a bad team forever. Charlotte's going to be a bad team forever. You know what I mean? Like. Or maybe not at forever. Like the Knicks will be bad forever. Sorry, Kofi. Knicks um, will be bad forever. Yes. The sorry, Knicks Kofi. will be bad forever. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like the Grizzlies. Yeah, even I, I would definitely the agree. Like there's, there's just like, um, like when Jimmy went to Minnesota and had that epic practice episode. <laughs> Like the fans of teams that have like a good winning culture did not seem to object to that. I don't think it was just heat fans. Like the ones that were like, Oh my God, I can't believe what he's doing. Like people that watch winning franchises, not just like good teams going through a good stretch, but like winning franchises, they're like, yeah, give us that attitude. That dude wants to win. Like he's holding guys accountable in that practice gym, you know, like, I mean, it was so much fun, but all of Miami was like, bring that guy down here, please. Please bring that guy to us. We want him so bad after this. Right. And it's no accident that Chicago has struggled since he's left. You know what I mean? Like, they will do want about what type of player Jimmy is and that attitude. And, yeah, I could totally see how that might be grading. But here's a guy who's like, hey, you guys are used to losing and you're okay with it. And you need the culture shock. He was right. He was absolutely right. And Chicago yeah. has struggled since then. Yeah. Minnesota has struggled since then. Jimmy was right. Philly has not been as good as predicted since then. Because that is also awful. true. That yeah. is, they, yeah. they also have a very divided locker room to the point right. of Joel Embiid going on Instagram <laughs> and almost giving Brian like – I don't know, some sort of coronary in the way that like there was that interaction between so, Joel and uh, Jimmy. Those three have been hanging out. Bam, Jimmy and Joel have been hanging out all All-Star Weekend, too. Yes, they have. <laughs> Even though uh, now, it's, so fun. it's funny because like we all know how good Joel, Joel Embiid is. But now that Bam has had his coming out party... I don't even know that Miami would give him up, give him up for Joel Embiid. Like now it's oh, too he's late. He's untouchable. He's untouchable. Like untouchable, untouchable. Like from I don't, I don't think I Embiid heard in trade the system like Miami. No. What? Well, no, I think they could. Yeah. I just I the problem with him in Philly, like we've talked about endlessly on this podcast, 
is he has to stay out by the three-point line more because Ben Simmons has to be that under the you know around the basket dunker guy when he's not initiating offense like they stick him down there when he doesn't have the ball but Joel needs to be down there near the basket like that's got to be his spot so like once Bam like expands his shooting like he's got he's got touch he's got a good shot that's improving he's going to have three point range in the next year or two um and I think he would fit around Joel. It would be the opposite of the way they play them, him with Ben Simmons in Philly, and I think it would be a lot more optimal. I, I think Joel would fit in well. I would not give up Bam for him, no. I, I'm wondering if you won't have to. Uh, yeah. I'm wondering if – Some free if, agent classes coming. Yeah, I was going to say, like, from a free agency perspective, I could see that occurring – just, I don't know. That well, that I mean, like, seems like a more likely. We saw at scenario. the trade deadline that Riley, we saw him all in up for twenty twenty one at the All Star at the trade deadline. Yeah, because that's why the Gallinari deal fell apart is because he wanted to be extended through that season, and Pat was like, "No, that's a deal breaker." <laughs> like that trade from from all accounts was pretty much agreed to with Oklahoma City. It was just the extension that was the sticking point, and when. The Heat wanted that to be an op- a team option, and Danilo was like, no, that that was it. Like Pat's like, no, I'm walking away. He's all in for 2021 in Giannis. I was – when the, the Memphis and Miami trade happened, I was very surprised to see Iguodala get the two-year extension. Like that yeah. was yeah, that was and the that's what shocking we part of the trade deadline too. for me. Yeah, it made sense when they said, though, that it was a team option in the second year, and, like, half of Heat Twitter was like, that second year better be a team option. Like, we all know the plan at this point. But, yeah, yeah. I was shocked to see that, too. <laughs> that's why I was like, there, that's a that's an option, right? That's not guaranteed through 2021, right? Uh, right. Now, Joel Embiid becomes a free agent in 2023. Hopefully Miami will have the the space. Otherwise, they might have to make some harder decisions. That, that's just – I don't think that's the timeline right now. I don't think they're focused on that. I'm just saying. I know, and it's a possibility, but, like, that's – how old is Jimmy going to be at that point in 2023? Oh, he's – oh, gosh. Um, he's going to be, like, 36, 37 at that point, right? Yeah. Guys, I'm just so like that's, that, I just don't see that timeline. Right. I'm just thrilled that Miami does not. Uh, well, I guess we can all be thrilled that none of our teams are going to have Chris Paul or Russell Westbrook on their contract. <laughs> or, or John, John Wall. Will say, <laughs> or John yeah, Wall. Or, or John Wall. I will say Russ has been interesting lately with like totally stopping shooting threes for the most part. Yeah. And I don't know if it's going to be something he sustains or not, but someone got through to him, especially once they went to this, you know, five out lineup with no big, like he doesn't have to shoot that because he's got room to drive. There's no one under the basket. So it's yeah. like, Russ, you're a 29% three point shooter, but you're one of the best players in the league around the rim. Go to the rim. If you, if you don't have that, you don't have to shoot the three. We got four other guys out there shooting threes. Russ has been interesting with that. And we've had a really good Chris Paul season in yeah. Oklahoma City. It's like, true. Yeah. This is shocking how, like, he, there, he is single-handedly keeping the Thunder competitive. It, it's been I fun. Say, Him and Shay. I was going to say, she's been really good. Danilo's been really good. 
at some point, yeah. those guys are going to have to get a decent wing guy. They do not have any good wing players in Oklahoma City. And I yeah. hear that Travis Outlaw is available. So, oh! hey, <laughs> drink. But Eric. seriously. <laughs> Eric, Except Eric. It, it's a, uh, a reference to, like, every episode we try and bring up Travis Outlaw at least once. <laughs> but it has, but what years it, ago. to be fair, the, the reference has to come up organically. It can't just be saying right. Travis Outlaw in a vacuum. It's got to be because it makes sense. Yeah. And they really could use a wing player um, because I don't think Robert Ferguson is ready <laughs> yet. Yeah, well, they had a wing player in Jeremy Grant and decided to let him go. Yes, because I thought they, I thought they, they thought they would be bad this year. Oh man, Jeremy Grant would be—he's a fun player. It hasn't worked out for him in Denver like we thought it might, but, but Denver's succeeding anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, Shea Gilgis Alexander has been really good. Chris Paul has been really good. I mean, I don't know that there's anything he or Westbrook could do to justify those contracts to me. But yes, they have been various levels of good this year westbrook has been yes the last few weeks have been a little bit more interesting um as he's finally learned to shoot a little less um but who knows man that rockets team i i just i cannot believe that they are they're taking this like five out like small ball thing to its logical conclusion like they're going all in on it and i I don't think it's going to be good for them. This is what D'Antoni's wanted to do. This is what D'Antoni's been wanting to do for years. He said he wanted to do this in Phoenix, and they didn't do it. But, like, I mean, AD would average, like, 40 against them in a series. Oh, absolutely. But I'm just wondering, like, does it matter? The problem is, like we saw in that series against the Warriors, if they go cold, they're going to go cold. Because you're not going to be able to manufacture anything underneath if, if you're playing this much outside people, like, yeah, you're going to get some rust drives. So that might keep them going. They got to hope on that, though. Yeah. Because, like, man, that series against the Warriors, I'm like, you watch your team miss 26 straight threes. I know that's an outlier, but it's also kind of a characteristic of what can go wrong with this type of roster. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because yes. you're not getting any rebounds that way. And, I mean, you're going right. to and get run- like, you're going to get run off of a floor that way. I mean, imagine the Lakers, them playing the LeBron, Anthony Davis Lakers, missing, imagine them missing even 11 or 12 straight threes. Right. Like, not 26. Like, the, the Heat did this to them earlier this season. Like, we we were up, like, 48 to 16 at one point against them right. in Miami because they were they were shooting they were cold and we were just you know getting back in transition like getting stops like it, it was there's there's a high ceiling yeah like i think they're capable of beating anybody but there's also a really low floor if they yes. go cold. yeah yeah exactly. i was going to say there's there's going to be a 30 for 30 someday on this like idea that <laughs> D'Antoni and Maury are trying to perpetuate. Like what if we put out the and one mixtape league in the NBA? Yeah. It, I mean, we'll see. We will see. I don't, so I, it's just hard for me to see how in a seven game series, you can have enough hot shooting nights to, to win. Right. Like I think even if you like, even if you just say everything's going to level out, over seven games, I mean, you have to have extremely hot shooting nights in four of those to beat the teams ahead of you. 
And plus, like, maybe that their goal is not just to play seven. Right. Like, exactly. they, they need this to happen four times. Go ahead, Eric. What were you going to say? Yeah, my thing about the Rockets is basically that they use Harden and Westbrook so much now. They, they rely on yeah. them so much. They're going to be tired by the playoffs. Yeah. 30 games yeah. left. We've seen it. We've seen it before in the last few years. Like, Harden looks tired in the playoffs at times. Russ has struggled when it's been all on him in the playoffs after having a full triple-double averaging season. Yeah, you're exactly right. They don't have any guy outside of maybe Austin Rivers who can really get their own shot outside of those two. (laughs) And if that's number three guy on that list, like we've seen the Clippers the last time they've tried to rely on that, you know? Yeah. uh, Do you mean to suggest that you're not a believer in Danwell House? Is that what you're saying? uh, I am not. (laughs) <laughs> okay, cool. I was saying that too. So, and while uh, I'm very happy for Ben McLemore and very excited that he seems to have found a home and a role, I'm not going to go ahead and say that I would be comfortable relying on him in the playoffs yet either. Yeah, Ben McLemore was the tank master in yeah. Madden's that one season. Yeah. that was horrible. Like yeah. it, I think that like, I won. just I got a soft spot. Go ahead. I think Ben McLemore, uh, like when he was in the lineup, I think that the Grizzlies were like nine and fifty-five or something just ridiculous like that, <laughs> and we're like a five. Yeah, like I got a plus. soft spot for him because he's he's from St. Louis. Like, dude had a really rough time early, and like it's cool to see him make it, you know, and and find a home after being a bust. Like, it's exciting for a guy like that. But like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, he had a rough time there. I'm glad he's found a role, but I'm not willing to say that I'm confident yet. <laughs> it's just happy for him instead. Right, right. Well, if they do need some size, I hear that they set, they traded for uh, Bees Knees All-Star Bruno Cablaclo. Cablaclo. Yes. Sorry. How many how many years away is he at this point? Have we oh. have we made it yet? Uh, <laughs> I think so. I think that that was last year. I think that it was the two years. Last year was the year. I think so. Oh he, man! Last year he was two years away. No, no I, I think, think last, last year, was, year was the year that he was yeah. supposed to be there. Guys, I think uh, he might still be two years away. I think he might still. Fran Fraschilla was kind of a genius, though. Fran <laughs> hey, was kind hey. of a genius. He put that four years out there in saying that this guy would be an impact, but didn't actually say four years. But we had to wait that long to actually be like, <laughs> "No, you were wrong, Fran. I'm sorry." He <laughs> was he, great. He, he had a he, decent end of the season in Memphis last year. He Did was he? great. In yeah, I was gonna say. I thought he was down there. Yeah. Yeah, he was great in international play against the U.S. during uh, during that whole stint this past summer. Ugh, we don't need to talk about that, man. (laughs) Hey, hey, hey! I'm just saying. Keep a plumly over Bam. You asked for that, okay? You absolutely asked for that. Yeah, I was gonna say they released the 44 players on there. Um, I have thoughts. Uh oh. Uh oh. Should we do it? I'm not doing it, but okay, I I could right. do it. <laughs> there was some questionable names left off of there. Not just your guy, Dan, but I pointed that one out specifically for you. But um, yeah, man, being getting left off. Trey Young, like I get it with the defense, but you have the entire U.S. roster to select from to put some defense around him. Right. Like awesome. we got to find out who Harrison Barnes's guy people are. Him and the he and the Plumleys, man, like, because we, we officially know now that Harry Barnes is not that kind of player. We know this now. Right. It would have been right. one thing if you would have gotten him within his first two or three years, but 
No, we know that that is not a look you want to be having now. We don't have to keep having him on this roster, (laughs) this pool of players. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember some of the other. There was a few names that I was just like, so, really? Still? Uh, Drummond. I, like, I, Drummond's capable and all, and he's a good player, but I just was like, mm, I feel like ja- we got plenty of JaVale McGee is on that team. Oh, he's that's right. JaVale was so on the cool. pool of players. That's right. That's awesome. No, Rogan's on there. I'm 100% in on JaVale McGee. Olympic player. I want I want a reality show within Olympics coverage of JaVale just like at Olympic events that aren't basketball, just different things. Like I think this would be so much fun. JaVale yeah. visits Tokyo. Yeah. <laughs> just just follow that. him with a camera. This would be great. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like we that. don't need him to play. Like we could go eleven deep on that roster and be just fine if we oh, they have ab- the right guys. Oh, they absolutely shouldn't give him a jersey. But yeah, I would watch that show so hard. <laughs> yeah, like like the Dream Team documentary, yeah, but just Javale McGee. Just Javale McGee. Yes, exactly. This was <laughs> yeah. exactly what I was picturing when I saw his name on there. I was like, oh, this has to happen, guys. Come on, please give this to me. Speaking of guys that ended up on this uh, on this roster, we need to talk about Andre oh, Drummond. Did. Oh, man, I, I'm kind of sad for him because, like, I think the way Detroit did him was kind of dirty. Yeah. Yes. But also, but, they're finally off his contract in a way that they could actually just blow everything up. Sure. I would say I'm looking forward to the first Cleveland versus Houston game to see <laughs> if <laughs> Cleveland gets every rebound in that game. Or the Rockets just shoot so well that it doesn't matter. That game is going to be a, a real fun uh, st- clash of styles. I'd watch that series. They are, have... are they buying Tristan Thompson out? No. They've no, announced they, said that they, they said they, they won't do it. They won't do it. Okay. It would save the team $12 million in the offseason, but they won't do it. Did Dan write that in a press release written in crayon? <laughs> Yeah. Probably. Oh yeah. man, he used Joker font this time. It was a it was a weird move. Yeah, Dan Gilbert, weird. All of his moves have been weird. Yeah, but between Love Thompson and Drummond, and they could all just sit around and talk about how how miserable they are. Also, because <laughs> of Cleveland. Here, here's the thing: they have two guards that are both five eleven, and then these giant trees. Okay. Like, what are we doing? True. Okay, and look, as quiet as it's kept, Darius Garland might be good, though. He might be good-ish. Like, I'm not going to say watch a Cleveland game. I'm just going to say he's been a little friskier than I expected, and he seems to be catching on a little faster than I can't than pretend politics. to have seen Cleveland play. Yeah, I can't I, pretend, I can't pretend yeah. to have seen them play this season. Oh, I don't I think have, I've watched them once. Oh, I have not either, outside of when they played Miami. But, uh... Oh, no, I gotta like Darius now. Garland. Mm. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I, I, I got nothing for you, Marcus. Yeah, don't take your word for it. Though. It's out there. It's a thing. Don't take your word for it. <laughs> We're yeah, at hour three now of the uh, pregame introductions for the All Star Game. By the way, uh, right? Right. I, I got it on mute, so I don't know what's. I mean, I saw the Kobe tribute. Looked like. Was it Jennifer Hudson singing for a while? And then they've had Common out here. I'm not quite sure what's going on. I think we're introduced now and ready. 
Looks like it's oh. anthem time, I guess. It is after anthem half time. an hour. Well, right. you have all of the. You, well, you got to get all the Chicago singers out there. You got yep, Jennifer Dan, Hudson. Who is you, this? What? Who is this, Dan? I uh, I don't have the game on. Neil Arts. To Neil Arts. Who's to Neil Arts, Dan? Oh gosh, uh, is that one of the? Hmm. I don't know, but I don't. All hate the Chicago Nike. singers. I don't hate that Nike jacket she has on. I kind of like it. <laughs> Is but uh, <laughs> he's googling her. He's sitting there. Yeah. Chicago people. He's sitting there googling the all the anthem singer. Dang Why? it! Why? No, you she, you she's questions. a like a Canadian country singer from Saskatchewan. Oh. Come on! Oh. Yeah, I don't know about that choice. But anyway, um, Eric, how'd you get into doing the the film breakdown stuff? Like, so. I'm in college right now, and I want to be like a professional basketball coach. That's what I'm studying for. Those are really my aspirations. And so I wanted a way that I could, one, prove that I know what I'm talking about, and two, get my name out there more. And so I just spontaneously just had the idea of like, what if I did film breakdowns on Twitter? And then like 10 minutes later, I was setting up the account. And so I've done, I think, seven or eight games so far this year with the Grizzlies. And I'm up to about 250 followers, thanks in large part to Nikias. Yeah. And one of my <laughs> one of my tweets was actually featured in an article on The Ringer, and that got me a lot of followers nice. as well. Hey. Nice. hey so I'm just I really just want to show that I know what I'm talking about, and really just it's a way for me to learn more about the game, also. Yeah. And right, really right. get really in yeah. depth into just one team, be very familiar with the system, and just show that it, I'm smart. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, this stuff looks good. It's 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 fun reading those things because I'm not good at like, you know, diagnosing different plays as they're happening or anything. Or being like, oh, here's what they're running. They've done this three times in a row, and other team can't stop it. So I always like reading like Nikias's breakdown of the Heat games with that yeah. kind of stuff. And it looks like yours are along the same lines where it's really fun to go through and see like what specific things the teams are doing to put their guys in the right spots. I I tried to do the Grizzlies Blazers game on Friday is when I tried to do it, which was a fantastic game for a film breakdown, but then I was almost done with it, and I accidentally deleted the entire thread. Oh. And I was like, <laughs> I don't have time to redo all of this, so right. I'm going to find time to get around to it soon, get that one up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's cool, Like, because it's just I was wondering how you got into it, because I'm like, man, I, I didn't know. I, I'm not a video game guy, really, so I don't know if like that kind of teaches people. I know Nikias always talks about you know 2K and whatnot, or if it's just something like people see those things better than others, I'm not. I wasn't sure. Well, when I play 2K, I just call floppy all the time. So 2K didn't really teach me too much. I just run the same one gotcha. play. Gotcha. That's cool though. Um, yeah. What else we guys? Well, I, mean, I think right that's about an hour. Yeah. I mean, I think that's good. I mean, we. It's 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 nice always to have a different perspective on here for sure. Um, yeah. you know, definitely. so we definitely appreciate you being able to come on and, and talk with us. Um, now one thing we started last on our last podcast is on your way out the door, we want you to give us one hot take. We're going to do a, a little around the horn here with, with our hot takes. So you're gonna my be- hot take was that Andrew Wiggins trade was good. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, that, That's a good point. That's true. Okay. Well, we'll take that. Um, right. Dan, you you got one simmering? 
I I do. I do. I know it's been said before, but I think next year or this upcoming off season is finally the time when Damian Lillard gets traded. Whoa. Wow. What? Dame? Now, do you have any reason or are you just saying, is that just, do you really think that? Or are you just saying that to fulfill your, I'm just reading tea leaves. I'm, 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 putting clues together uh, with the way he, he's performed. He He's had a very good year. Um, however, <laughs> that's an understatement. <laughs> things, well, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying things haven't gone the way in terms of the team itself. Right. I think Go that's on. fair to say. And I think he is their <laughs> best, best trade asset as it okay. were. Now, yes, so that's true, obviously. He's a little, I mean, McCollum's good, but Dame is significantly better, probably. I think that's fair to say. I think it's going to be tough for them to trade him, given that he just signed that monster extension, right? He just signed I one. Mean, this we, just, we just saw two giant contracts pass in the night. We, we've seen multiple large sums yeah. of money getting moved. I... I I don't like I used to not have faith in the the ability of like oh you couldn't move that contract what are you talking about and then we just saw Chris Paul get traded yeah but he got traded for the only other person with a worse contract what that's not necessarily true one, I didn't see John two. Wall change jerseys uh, right. Well, <laughs> right I was like one of two what yeah you get what I'm saying like, I get so, what you're I get what you're saying I get what you're saying it's but be I do think that there are other team to find the contract to match up uh, like the contracts and the assets that are going to match up for Portland to be able to be like, okay, we'll trade them. It's just what I'm thinking, but you could be right. Who I'm knows? looking north of the border. Ooh. I'm, looking, I'm looking South Beach. <laughs> I understand you're always looking at South Beach, Brian. Yeah. Come on. Right. No, but I'm, I'm looking north of the border. I'm, I'm seeing the assets that Toronto has. And how you could sort of fit That's them in Portland Ooh. with some picks, with you know, you and know suddenly both teams benefit. Yeah. A Lillard but, for Kyle Lowry, Norman Powell, and OG Antonobi trade makes some sense. What I mean, about I, another Chris Paul trade for him? <laughs> Oklahoma City flips Chris Paul. They've <laughs> oh, got the that picks. Would be, oh. Can you imagine, like, Chris, I I don't know how to tell you this. You got traded again. I mean, it'd be interesting to see him and Shea play together. If you're you're Chris Paul, though, I mean, because the Portland situation is still, in theory, a good situation. I mean, Grant, I think their problems this year are they still don't have back Nurkic. And then Zach Collins got hurt, too. And yeah. both of those guys are important to them. And, and so they don't have the depth anymore. We're exactly. past the trade deadline and he's a free agent this off season. So it won't likely happen, but I'd be a hundred percent behind this just to see CP three play with Hassan. That would be the funniest. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> great. I would never miss a Blazers game. Cause I would love CP three would flip out on Hassan nightly. It'd be hysterical. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even know if Hassan would always deserve it. Honestly, yeah. plenty of times he would, 
but I don't even know if he'd always deserve it because Chris Paul could just kind of be like that at times. But oh it would gosh. be so much fun. Can you yeah. imagine, like, Chris Paul going off on, like, a young Anthony Simons? Yeah. Oh, see, I actually think having Paul there could be good for Simons. But, yeah, I mean, I think the problem with Paul being there is that Simons is still probably too young to, like, really get it the way that Chris Paul would need him to get it. Plus, I I feel like they would have to put Simons in any deal just because he's, like, he's such an attractive piece. I don't know. I heard that they made him him untouchable. Yeah, they did. Yeah, everyone was going after Simons in the offseason, and the Blazers were like, no deal. Yeah. Which also lends me to believe that <laughs> one of these guards could be on the move. It's when another you, tea leaf. Now that you now that you've explained all this, that cra- that trade doesn't sound like the craziest thing in the world. Maybe I mean I, I think I still think a lot of things would have to happen for them to actually trade Dame, and I think somebody would have to blow them away with an offer. But I'd happen. Trust in Masai. <laughs> Maybe. I, I like that trade for Toronto. I actually like it for Portland, yeah. too. Yeah, so, okay. Uh, Brian, any hot takes? I don't I don't think I have any. I, I think this is the last season. I know we always go here. I think it's the last season we see Simmons and Embiid on the same team. Yes, I think I that is that. absolutely true. I don't think that's any kind of hot take, though, but that's just one, like, looking forward. Like, I'm pretty sure that's the point we're at. Do you think anything short of a NBA title – NBA short of an NBA title keeps them together. Like I think if they made the finals, if they made the finals and played well against whoever they'd be matched up at with, um, I think that could maybe buy another season. But I, I think short of making the finals, I don't think Simmons are, and Embiid are both back. And I really question if Brett Brown's going to be back too. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. buy Br- Brown being back. But you know what's so frustrating about this whole situation? Simmons doesn't yeah. speak up <laughs> enough for us to be like. We could clearly look at this situation being like, oh yeah, Simmons is deficient in X, Y, and Z in terms of stats, uh, what we see on the court, all of these like basketball things. Whereas Joel is kind of running the narrative in terms of just being the core guy because he is both good at that and he speaks up. Sure. Like if Simmons were someone who would speak up a little bit regarding these types of situations when they do occur, we might be able to have a more rich discussion. And if so Simmons what, was a guy that would actually take some shots, he might actually right, fit better. Right. Like we're we're talking about things we want to see from him, but that, we don't. Right. Yeah, no, I I, say, I, I, agree. I will say they kind of got a little frisky there for a while while uh, while MB wasn't around um, because I think it allowed them to just play a little faster and just yeah. have Simmons handling the ball and just surround him with. "Quote unquote shooters." I mean, right. Philly. That term is very relative, but <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like they love having Embiid not out there to be in his way, or vice versa. I'm sure would like kind of made that team look like a closer version to what they probably would want to be, or what what they could be successfully. 
Um, and so I think that kind of helped perk up Ben Simmons's like yeah, he his, looked good. Value a little bit more. Um, he's not a bad player. He's anything. not. I don't want people to take that away from what I'm saying. It's just he doesn't fit that team. That team right. does not fit together. They gave Al Horford a hundred million dollars to be a better defensive Sam Perkins. Like I just Ooh. don't understand what they're do- what they're doing. That's the main oh, point. Man. Hey, 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 guys, look like go to Basketball Reference right now and look at the year by year breakdown of what Tobias Harris is making. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Nope, because by no. I, I, I want to say it's by the the final year he's got like forty one million on the books. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And oh, I, I heard that the other day somebody was talking about how he's going to be paid forty one in the last year of his contract, and he is he is wildly overpaid as we speak. So, right. oh, I mean, look, Tobias Harris is a fine player, like very good player, yes. Very He's not good. a max deal. There is no situation in which I want Tobias Harris to be making thirty percent of my cap. Wait, because, right? I was right. I I was incorrect. So this year it's thirty two. Next year thirty four. Then thirty five, thirty seven, and then thirty nine. That's still too much, man. That made my stomach. That made my stomach hurt. Yeah. By that point, he will be. Heading into free agency in 2024 at the age of 32, after wow. making 180 million over five years. That's amazing, Marcus. What's your hot take? What do you got? <sighs> My hot take. Uh, see, I had one about Trey Young a couple weeks ago, but I actually have kind of turned around on him. Um, nah, whatever. I'm going to. I'm going at it again. I think if Atlanta does not make the playoffs in the next year, if they do not show significant improvement by next year, I think they look to move on from Trey Young. And this hot you think take has, they look to move on. Yes, I oh. think this one's, look. I think they have to. Uh, they have to think about it. They have to, right? Because it will be three seasons of. Not just like unsuccessful basketball, but like legitimately bad basketball. I think they have I, to think about it. I see what you're saying, but like they, they're like he makes that team like competent in in any kind of way that they're actually competent. Yeah. Like their oh, offense craters yeah. when he leaves the court. Like they, he's making other guys look better. I think um, the defense is definitely a problem, but that's something that. I feel like you can address like because like we talked about a while back, he's basically like the the Warriors. One of their front office guys got the GM job in Atlanta, and he's basically that guy was looking for his Steph. And yeah. you know, Steph didn't come in as a good defender, and he's still not like a great one. But like we said earlier, he's he's competent in a team scheme. I think if you can get the right pieces around Trey, like he's still one of those floor spaces that just totally warps the spacing and like where you have to have your defenders at. I don't, I don't think that's, that's definitely a hot take. That's a hot take, man. Yeah, that's definitely a, a hot take. That's a just, scalding like, hot take. I don't take. know if I see it that quickly. Like that's before the rookie deal is done. That's before the rookie deal is done. But I mean, I think, so part of the reason I say it is because it's still, while his value is still relatively high. I mean, okay. he's still, going to be uh, at least an all-star adjacent player. I mean, we 
we could argue whether or not he belongs in the All-Star game tonight, but um, he'll still be right. at least All-Star adjacent. And you can still probably get a lot of, like, you can still sell some team on, hey, this is a guy you can build. This is a, this is a guy you might be able to build your franchise around with the right pieces. We just, we don't know that it works here. And so, hey, that's, I, that's, all, I think that's we, all we have this segment, right? I've, I've, I have a lot of questions <laughs> about the take. Okay, well, look, I'm here to answer your questions, my friend. I, I, I appreciate it. Uh, I, for me, I, I think Trey Young is too young to give up on at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think this is, that would be sort of like uh, pinning a $20 bill to a second grader's chest and wishing him the best of luck because he couldn't color within the lines. Like we're we're talking about a guy who's like even though at twenty one be able to be questioning that second grader too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, like we're talking about a guy who could on any conceivable night get forty and ten. Yeah, yeah. Well, like the other problem I have is like that's admitting. That's admitting that the Luca trade was that bad, which it was, but <laughs> I don't, don't see a GM hanging themselves like that. Like if the GM's not losing his job, Trey's not going anywhere is my thing. You like are you are admitting failure at that point. And while they, I mean, if that's, if that's the conclusion they've come to about him as a player, it's what you should do, but they don't, no one's going to do that and get themselves fired. You could be right. You know that that's what the hot takes are for, but yeah, I just, definitely. <laughs> I, I think I just think that if they get through three full seasons of him as their starting point guard, and not only don't get to the playoffs, but they they have a I mean if they have a season that's anything like what they're having right now, then I just don't see why you wouldn't. What if they put around him to get to the playoffs? Exactly. No, like. Real. Now, see, that's also a good question, right? Atlanta is not a like great free agent destination, and all of the guys they've drafted recently are just are pretty young too. So, like, yes, yeah. you're telling yourself we have to grow into this. It'll be very interesting to see where Clint Capella fits into all of that yeah. for next year. <laughs> yes, I, I think he'd be an interesting piece with Trey just as a pick and young or that pick and roll player. Mm-hmm. And like he he's got to help their defense out, you would think, right? But but he does cause problems with the spacing because yeah. Trey warps that. No, Trey I'm just saying, like, uh, from bigs in the league, like bigs in the league these days can shoot from outside. They can uh, create space in the in the cor- in the backcourt. Now, Capella can't. Like, yeah, but I feel that, like. I feel like if you, you have just one guy like that on the floor, it's fine. Right. As long as right. he's a good as long as he's a good defender and a good rebounder. Like right. you can live with one of them. And Capella is such a good roller to the rim on the pick and roll that right. he attracts right. a lot of weak side attention and Trey's a fantastic passer and he's gonna right. be able to find those windows to open exactly. corner shooters. Yeah. They still but, trade them though. I don't know, but I do have another hot take. Yes. All right. Yes. Go for it. Current John Morant is better than prime Mike Conley. Oh. Oh. I don't know if I don't know if that's even too out of it. That's a really good take. I like that. I will say that's 
More exciting, yes. I I think John Morant impacts the game in a way that Mike Conley never did. Mike Conley, really, during the grit and grind, like, prime days, he was never the number one option or even the number two option for a lot of years. He really came into his own 2017, 2018. He was great. Um, But... John Morant is just special, and he controls the entire court a lot more than Mike Conley does. You want to talk about defense, that's fine, but I stand by my take. Okay, now... I like it, I like it. I will say, I don't think that he is currently there, but I don't think he's far off. Because prime Mike Conley, like, the best thing about him was that he could run that offense and he could do so many things and they could be successful without him being the star. So that's kind of what I thought his thing was. He was a really good defender and he could score and he could pass very well. And he didn't need, like you didn't need to like set up plays for him and all that. Now that being said, I think at, again, I think he's really close already to being better. So yes, but woo, that is, I don't know, man. I like it. I like it. it. There's a lot it, of young, young, good players like that in the league right now. The league's in a great spot with guys like that. Like you got Luca, Ja. Like it, it's a fun time right now for fans. Man, man we, yeah, for sure. We have to. Can we take one second to acknowledge that? Was there any way? Did any of us see Luca being this good already? Yes. I don't know about this good. I thought he'd be all-star level within about three oh, years. Sure. Yeah, yeah I, like I, I thought he should have gone number one. It blew my mind that three teams pretty much passed on him, like especially Phoenix. We've gone over this also before, but like you hired his Slovenian team coach as your head coach, and you still pass on him. I'm like, how could you not have? How could you have any more inside information about Luca's game? Like, that blew my mind. I was like, how do you not take him at that point? I was hoping so badly that he would fall to four to the Grizzlies. Like, I remember just oh, guys so much about how four. I wanted Luka. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I definitely thought we would see borderline all-star level by now. Yeah. MVP level, just right. never thought I would see that all this I quick. mean, like, he was... He was MVP of the the Euro League at eighteen, right. and like exactly, and this so is the second best guy, league in the world. So. Right for a guy that was playing, who's been playing professional basketball for a long time and right. doing it very right. well. Yes, but you, oh, I mean, you but, oh, could have, he do it against Wichita State? Of course he uh, could. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> right, yeah, for uh, sure, man. But uh, and also, also, quick shout out to. I think, guys, I think I might have been wrong about Zion. I don't think there's any chance he's going to be a bust. <laughs> I was ready to go back and listen to that episode so yes. Now, when you and record. Trey are both back together, I'm ready for that one. Because, like, it's literally what I've been saying. He's bigger than everyone out there. Yes. <laughs> for the record, I said I could see it. Now, now that we've seen him play, we know that there's no right. way he's going to be a bust. Like, injuries or not, there's no way he'll be a bust. Um, I also would like to take credit for saying he'd be like a young Barkley, because now all of a sudden everybody in the media is saying that. I've been saying that since day one, so 
I need to have Charles Barkley's job. I still stand by my Larry Johnson, like rich man's Larry Johnson. Grandma, so, but yeah, I, he's been so much fun. Like <laughs> when he was hitting those threes his first game, like <laughs> the crowd was going nuts. Was, and oh, then, look, I don't understand. Okay, I guess I understand. You're like, look, we have to put him on a minutes restriction. How do you take him out of that game? I don't. Right. I don't even care. I don't care. You have to keep riding him, and because that game is going to matter. That's a team that you're directly like competing with for the eighth spot. Ugh, I didn't like that. Just, I was just talking the other day about um, how this, you know, the the big seven foot kind of plotting center, not very skilled, but like there for defense and fouls. I'm like, they've kind of gone extinct in the NBA, not just because of the way the style of play has changed. But literally because Shaq's not there for them to be needed. Like, if you were a playoff team in Shaq's prime, you had at least two of those guys on your team just so you had six fouls. Just so you had somebody big enough to wrap him up so he could not, you know, dunk on you and still get fouled. So, like, a lot of those guys that were playing in those finals against him, it was literally to be those six fouls. But those guys have gone extinct because you don't have someone of Shaq's size and athleticism, you know, in the league anymore until now. And Zion's not as big as Shaq, obviously, but like being 280 and what is he, 6'6? Like, and having that type of athleticism, like, I could see that shifting, like, how teams eventually are constructing their rosters to beat him because it's like you got to have somebody big enough. Can we agree, though, that he can't win rookie of the year? No, oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We're all in now, agreement I... on that, and we all made a poor take in our preseason predictions in that regard. <laughs> oh, even though, okay, so as well as Ja has played, I still don't know that it matters at all if Zion is healthy right away. Cause... Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. And that's nothing about Ja at all. Not, that is no disrespect to Ja. But you just cannot, you can't really even quantify the type of like, right. you know, the type of impact that he's made social, socially that uh, Zion has made. I mean, oh Lord. And have you seen that guy's second jump? How is he on his second <laughs> right. jump before right. guys finish their first? And the only fun. guys in the league that weigh more than him are, are Cousins and Boban. The only two guys. Yeah, neither of which are playing enough to matter. Right, so. right. Ooh, All right, well, this has been fun. Eric, thanks for joining us. Uh, new friend of the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> hope to have you back for stuff in the future. Absolutely. Um, and where where can everybody find you on Twitter again? Uh, you can follow me at Eric Tweets NBA. This is my main account. And then my film breakdown account is at GrizzFilm. All right. Cool. And then uh, you can find us at at B's podcast on Twitter. Uh, what's our Instagram again? Because I don't know Instagram. Uh, yeah. Isn't it Dan B's podcast Marcus? as well? Yeah, it's B's okay. podcast as well. Okay. Cool. Or email us at B's Needs Podcast at gmail.com. Yes. But, all right. All right. Let's see you guys later.